Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. When others treat your fries as an afterthought, all you're left with are cold, soggy fries. That's why Wendy's new fries are ones you won't forget. Guaranteed to be hot and crispy, or we'll replace them. We're talking natural cut skin on fries, perfectly seasoned with a hint of sea salt. In fact, they're even preferred almost two to one over McDonald's. These are fries so hot and crispy, they beg a new question. What would you like with your fries? Try them today, only at Wendy's. At participating U.S. Wendy's, taste preference based on a national taste test by an independent research company. When you're moving, Pods knows flexibility matters. Because plans change, closing dates get pushed, renovations take time, and packing is a lot. Instead of a traditional moving truck, Pods delivers portable storage containers right to your driveway. Between moves, you can store with Pods. And if plans change, your dates can too. Get a quote today at Pods.com or by calling 1-877-973-PODS. Pods Moving and Storage. Trusted with over 5 million moves. All right, welcome to the Browns Wire Podcast. This is your host, Josh Keatley. With me as always, Ryan Keith. This is our special gambling episode. We are pumped. This is always our favorite episode of the week because this is where we make money. I did not have the best college football week, uh, but I did have a good pro football week. Ryan, uh, you did really well last week as well, correct? Yeah, no college game for me, um, but I went 4-1 and one in my pro bets. Um, I think either 2-1 and one or 3-0 and oh in the ones that we mentioned last week. I can't remember. I'm excited, man. I I, I feel like I, I put in a little bit of work here on the college trying to redeem myself. Last week, I went one and two of my best bets. Thank God I won that BYU bet that I did not say on the podcast, so I did end the week in college football <laughs> going two and two. But like I said, we, we only count the ones we say on the podcast. I gave you three games. I went one and two. Clemson failed failed for me. I took Clemson, given 28 points to Virginia. Uh, they still won 41-23, but they just took their foot off the pedal, man. They couldn't put Virginia away. Virginia's got a nice little running around quarterback who uh, made life tough on them. I took Memphis, giving two and a half points to SMU. SMU won outright 30 to 27, so I wasn't even close. And then SMU's best wide receiver, a likely early round pick, Reggie Roberson, even got hurt. So I probably would have been smashed in that game. Um, and then the only game I did win was Oklahoma State, giving 21 points to Kansas. Oklahoma State ended up winning 47 to 7. So that was my week in college summed up. Uh, Ryan, you didn't put any money on any college games last week? No college games last week. I'm having enough fun or lack thereof of trying to watch Florida State every other week uh, struggle against even Dude. FCS. <laughs> I, I thought I thought that they were going to lose Jacksonville State. They, I saw I saw they were losing 14-0. I tried desperately to pull it up, um, and then I found out it was on some TV. It, I was on some channel I've never even heard of, so I didn't was get on, a chance uh, to look at it. But they had to pull it away. Sports Florida. Uh, it took me a second to find it too, even with all the the, the avenues I got. And I wish I would have never watched it. Was it was hard to watch? Yeah, they pulled it off, but. I think they were given uh, 28 or 28 and a half with a hook, and they didn't cover. Um, no, they, bar- of they barely squeaked out a win. So, uh, college is, is the worst it's 
I just I'm not getting a good feeling about it this year. Just nothing nothing about it feels normal. Nothing about it feels real. Um, oh, boo I, know be, I mean, no, not even just because of that. I mean, it's gonna get a lot better. You know, us being here in Columbus with the Big Ten coming back here in a couple of weeks and the Pac-12 coming back. But even when it comes down to the playoffs, and the Mac, has, and the Mac, yeah, and the Mac. Well, yeah, we can't forget the Mac. The Mac show on Tuesday. You're the one of three people that watch it. Whoa. Or Mac on Thursday. Sorry. Um, but it won't be until that that it starts to feel somewhat normal. And then even when it gets to playoff time and bowl season, you know, the stands are still going to feel empty and the games are still going to feel a little bit irrelevant. It's all going to feel like it's got an asterisk on it. So who knows? Well, I'm excited. I've been doing well. This was my first losing week since week one. So I went five weeks in a row having a winning record. So um, if you're ready to rock and roll, I'll roll through my my top three best bets and we can bounce the NFL. You ready? Let's do it. All right. My number one game. I am taking the Texas A&M Aggies getting seven points from the Florida Gators. It is at Texas A&M. Florida currently sits at 2-0. Their latest win was a smack. They beat South Carolina 38-24. Texas A&M is coming off of a beating from Alabama where they lost 24-52. Texas A&M currently sits at 1-1. I am taking South – I'm sorry. I am taking Texas A&M because Florida's record doesn't impress me. I think that Florida is overrated already with just two victories. Um they beat in South Carolina, who is still 0-2, and then they beat Mississippi, who is 1-1. And, and their one win was in overtime against Kentucky, and the only reason they won that game was because Kentucky missed an extra point, right? So realistically, it, it would not be – if it wasn't for an extra point, we'd be sitting here talking about Florida, who's beaten teams with no wins. Um, so, again, Texas A&M has, has beat – they played Alabama, who we know is very good, Right? And we know that Texas A&M can sling the ball all over with Kellen Mond because we've been watching him do it for three years. Uh, the the Florida defense is not very good. It's allowed 15 to 31 third down conversions to be converted uh, and five of seven fourth down conversions to be converted to first downs, which is very high. Um, and then the A&M, the A&M offense is like we talked about. Kellen Mond will blow it up at quarterback. Uh, he's had He threw up. 450 yards against Alabama last week. So I don't think it's insane to see Texas A&M pull the outright upset, let alone getting seven points at home in the SEC. Uh, Ryan, what do you think? That'll be a fun game to watch. I know it's it's probably the marquee game this weekend, correct? Is there another matchup that's got more publicity? Yeah, there's. I feel like the North Carolina game is probably – Gonna be pretty large. I know there's gonna be a lot of the buzz, there. but I, I think as far as like two premier, you know, blue blood, you know, five star schools, if you want to call them that, um, you know, that's the one that everyone's gonna be watching. So that'll be a fun game to bet on. I know uh, <clears> the the slide's probably going towards Florida with them being two and zero and looking halfway decent, and with Texas uh-huh. A&M, Texas A&M kind of uh, faltering. You know, they had a win over Vanderbilt. Who they who they smashed pretty well, yeah. and the, but I think I think actually Vanderbilt covered to be quite honest with you. I don't know what the spread of that game was, and then they got smashed by Alabama. So I feel yeah. like Texas A&M is kind of an unknown though. They played a really crappy team, exactly. and then they played a really good team. They put up a lot of points in both games. So I think that I'm betting on that that uh, that's questionable that mystery box. That's what I'm doing. And we know Kellen Mond is electric. You know he has, he's very inconsistent, but he can be electric. So I, I do feel comfortable with that game. Uh, my next game. I'm going to take North Carolina, given five points to Virginia Tech. This game is in North Carolina. Uh, Virginia Tech currently sits at 2-0. Their latest victory was a seven-point victory over Duke. North Carolina is also 2-0, and they had a close victory against Boston College, 26-22. Now, this game kind of 
if this is one of those games where I think COVID plays a key role, uh, Virginia Tech has been very impressive this year. Those two wins that they've had, I thought were kind of surprising because not a lot of people are in Virginia Tech's corner. With that said, they've dealt with a lot of injuries and they've dealt with COVID issues. Uh, Herndon, Herndon, Hooker, their quarterback, was hurt this last week. Uh, he Rumor has he's going to be full go, ready to go against North Carolina, but still, I don't know the extent of how badly he was hurt. Uh, all five of their defensive backs are still listed as out. Their five top defensive backs are all listed as out again against a North Carolina team that likes to grip it and rip it. Total, they have 20 players and a few coaches that have been affected by COVID that are supposed to be still sitting out for the third game in a row. Now, again, they've gone 2-0 so far with a third of their roster out, but at some point that's got to catch up to you. And it might catch up to you against a good team like North Carolina. The only, the problem with North Carolina is that they don't really, we talked about them in the first week when I, I bet on them to beat, who did I, I can't remember. I'm looking at my notes right now. Do you remember what I took them? Oh, I took them against uh, Syracuse. We week talked more. about them. Yeah, they're playing Syracuse. They're getting 22 points against Syracuse. Yep. They actually won that bet, but we talked about North Carolina Barely. usually taking their foot off the gas. But they, yeah, they still covered, right? But I, I, North Carolina has their offense has not looked as electric as we thought it would. Now, with that said, their defense looks great. Chad Surratt's having a great year, putting himself in the first round conversation. Um, so I, I do think that their defense has stepped up in absence of their offense, but their offense is still very good. It just it's not as electric as they thought it would be compared to Clemson. Um, you know, and we looked at that Boston College game. People were looking at the Boston College game and assuming North Carolina might not be very good. North Carolina was up the whole game against Boston College, first of all. Second of all, I don't think Boston College is bad. We've been on Boston College before. We've seen them. They smashed Duke. They were they were underdogs in that game. I think Boston College and Jeff Halfley's done a great job there. And like I said, North Carolina was up 14-0, to and they kind of just took their, their foot off the gas. They were winning 21-16 to at halftime. So, again... They don't need to smash Virginia Tech. They're only given five points. Winning by a touchdown here does it for me. What do you think? I am a giant Sam Howell fan. I think uh, kind of the pub coming into this year was he was going to take that leap. I'm not going to say he's having a sophomore slump, but it's hard to live up to that uh, freshman to sophomore year hype, especially when you're getting dubbed as the next guy in an NFL prospect. Oh, yeah. Especially playing as a true freshman, not even a redshirt freshman last year. Um, So as far as them not living up to the hype, I would say just I think the hype train was way far ahead of where they were talent wise. I mean, this is what Mac Brown's second year, correct? Yes, yes, it is. So you have Mac Brown's second year. You have a sophomore quarterback. I mean, Mac Brown technically doesn't even have his team in there. Um, so it's got to be even more exciting for next year. I hope the hype train is even louder next year, for lack of a better term. But um, as far as the call for the game, I think it's a bet that could very well go your favor. Well, I do appreciate that. You know, I always like when you side with me. Uh, my last game, I was kind of on the fence about this, but I, I, I'm going to pull the trigger. Alabama given 24 points to Mississippi at Mississippi. It's a lot of points, but Alabama and Nick Saban, I feel like he hates Lane Kiffin. I really don't know why. It's not like I know Nick Saban personally. It just feels like he hates Lane Kiffin, and it feels like this is the kind of team that he wants to just smash. With Doesn't his, you know, every like a, coach hate like Lane a bug. Kiffin? Yeah, there you go. See, I'm not the only one. I was, so, I watched, I looked at that. I was like, man, he's gonna want to just put a statement on this poor dude. But Alabama sits at two and zero. We talked about them destroying Texas A&M last week, fifty two to twenty four. Uh, Mississippi is one and one. They just squeaked out a victory against Kentucky, forty two to forty one. And if it wasn't for Kentucky missing the extra point, they likely would be sitting at zero and two. Kentucky was actually winning by fourteen points for most of the game before you know 
the Mississippi caught back up with them. Uh, Mississippi's not a good team. They're getting a weird amount of hype this year because of Lane Kiffin and what Lane Kiffin has done. Uh, they looked very electric their first game. Um, against, I think it was against Florida. I, I don't think that they're good. It was against Florida. I don't think that they're good. I, they remember this is a team that didn't have. They didn't go bowling last year. So I think that Alabama, if he wants to, if if Saban wants to put a message across, I think that he will smash Mississippi. Plus, I don't think there's anybody at Mississippi who can who could guard Devonte Smith, who's had a pretty awesome year. So that's where I'm I'm going with. That is the best bet for me. I already put money on it. I wish you would have told me you were betting this game earlier because I'm looking up um, coaches against the spread and to see where Lane Kiffin lies. Oh my god, that'd be a good. That's a good. So, that's a good Google if you can find it. I I have a list up from 2018 and I can't find Lane. I mean, it's got 60 coaches on here, so I'd have to scroll through and read a little bit. Um, I guess he's he's. If I if memory serves me correct, he's actually made a couple tweets and comments publicly. Um, about the spread and ingest and, and stuff like that, almost as if he's coached and, and paid attention to it. So not saying that he's doing anything. Oh, I'm sure like, all coaches do. Oh, I mean, yeah, all coaches know it. I mean, trust me, it's it's the uh, it's the locker room talk, it's the billboard material, stuff like that. But I I remember him in the past making some comments saying, "Well, I guess we got there, or you know, at least we covered and things like that." So I want to see what he is against the spread. Um, <laughs> funny here, Willie Taggart. Florida State 59-38 one against the spread, but he was less than 500 as a coach. I love it. I love it, dude. <laughs> he almost lost against Saturday. I Florida, I, th- I, I, I thought yeah. Florida Atlantic was I thought Florida Atlantic was, was going to lose, and he came back from the dead. Two yeah. other games I already put money on, but I'm not going to list as my best bets. I did take money, put money on Houston for the Thursday night contest, giving seven to Tulane and Louisville, giving four and a half to Georgia Tech on Friday. But again, those are not my best bets. So my best bets remain Texas A&M. Get, uh, receiving seven from Florida, North Carolina giving five to Virginia Tech, and Alabama giving 24 to Mississippi. If it's okay with you, Ryan, we can move right on to the NFL. Let's do it. All right, last week I went two and one of my best bets, which is good for you guys because I tried to uh, break. I tried to you know win on Monday night and put money on Atlanta, and I, I obviously everybody knows how that went. Uh, how did you do? Uh, like I said, I went four and one on the week as far as straight up games. Um, didn't hit for any parlays. That's where I'm trying to make my my money. Um, my straight up bets is mainly just a hedge for me. Uh, usually, I'm trying to put together a combo of two or three of those teams for a parlay to hit. Um, I think the only game that really snubbed me um, off the top of my head, I can't remember who was the Sunday night game. Green Bay. You did a lot of prep work. No, Green Bay was Monday, dude. Green Green Bay was Monday. No, Green Bay and Kansas City is the only parlay that I hit. I actually parlayed both of them. Philadelphia, San Francisco was Sunday night. Thank you. That was that was the game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't do parlays. I I don't. I feel like they're they're too iffy. I I just I don't I don't I rarely do parlays. Every now and again, I'll do college parlays, um, because you can stack a lot of those. You know, Alabama giving twenty-four points. Yeah, but uh, other than that, I don't like parlays. I, I feel like they're they're too inconsistent for me. Um, last week, I took the Cincinnati Bengals, gave them three points. The Jacksonville Jaguars, the Bengals won 33-25. Uh, the Buffalo Bills gave them three points. The Las Vegas Raiders, the Bills won 30-23. Uh, and then the Arizona Cardinals was my one loss. I took them, giving four points to Carolina. Carolina beat them outright 31-21. to um, I think that I've 
understand my issue with that bet, and I feel like I understand why I'm not going to make that same bet again. And that kind of goes into my handicap for this next game. Um, I'm going to go ahead and give you my first best bet right off the crack. Is that cool? Let's get it. All right. I'm going to take the Atlanta Falcons, giving two and a half points to the Carolina Panthers in Atlanta. Carolina is currently sitting at two and two. We talked about them just coming off a victory against the Arizona Cardinals, 31 to 21. The Atlanta Falcons currently sit at 0 and 4. They just got beat, defeated 16 to 30 by the Green Bay Packers. I think the Arizona Cardinals are overrated. There's a clear premium on them, and I fell Hold for on. that the, trap. The Falcons or the Panthers? You I'm taking the, the Falcons. Uh, and the Cardinals. I think that the Cardinals are overrated. I'm going into my last. My last. I, I'm telling you why I think that oh, I'm getting the bargain. So you're here. segueing from the Panthers Cardinals last week. Okay. Yes. Okay. I think did, that the Arizona you get Cardinals, your birds confused. Thank you. Well, I got confused last week, but remember with the Redskins. Yeah, I know. And the, yeah. Um, the I th- the Arizona Cardinals are overrated. You're playing. You're paying a premium because of this explosive offense and all these stars. Okay. I fell for that trap last week. I'm not going to fall for that trap again. Okay, we saw they, we saw them lose outright to the Detroit Lions, and we saw them lose outright to their Carolina Panthers two weeks in a row. Two weeks in a row that they were favorites. Okay, that's going to go into my handicap that that Arizona win makes the Panthers look really good. Okay, so I think I'm getting a bargain at Atlanta. I do think that the Panthers, the week before that, the Panthers were pretty inconsistent against the Chargers. Now, I will say that Teddy Bridgewater looked on top of his game um, against the Cardinals, but they were a very inconsistent offense against the Chargers. Obviously, they invest a lot of their free agency, a lot of their draft picks on the defensive side of the ball, and their offense just doesn't lay a complete product. And I don't think that the Chargers are world beaters. So I'm thinking that that week is probably more of an indication of what the Panthers are going to do. I also feel like I'm getting a deal for all the things I just said. Plus this line opened up at three and a half before Atlanta got stopped by green Bay. Okay. That three, that difference between three and a half and two and a half is absolutely huge. Not only am I removing that hook, I'm going through a key number at three. So now the Falcons can win by just a field goal and I am safe. So I do feel like I'm getting a major discount here. Ryan, what do you think? So this is actually a game that I circled. Um, for the same reason, the line movement kind of intrigued me a little bit. I feel like the Falcons are a couple monumental collapses away from being two and two. Um, Dude, they, are, than- they are not that bad. They are the best 0-4 team I can think of in recent memory. Who's who's all the 0-4 teams? The Giants, the Jets, and the Falcons, right? Uh, off the top of my head, that sounds correct. We may be missing one. But yeah. but here's the thing. How how much longer are we going to say the Falcons are too talented to be that bad? Because we've been saying it for – Eventually it's going to hit, bro. <laughs> this, is, this is a get right spot. This, this isn't how- the roulette wheel, bro. We're not we're not betting black for thirteen spins and waiting for red. You uh, know it. It. I I want to believe you. I want to believe you too. I I mean I'm I'm a big Julio fan. I've been a Matt Ryan fan. I think Todd Gurley still looks like he's got a little bit of gas in the tank, even though he looked really slow and lumbering this past weekend. Um, on paper, the Falcons look like they should be beating or at least competing with a lot of teams that they've played against. Yes. But I, I, I feel like I'm fighting that mindset and that thought every time I have them come up in a weak matchup. I've actually bet against them twice um, this this year and won against them. In this, though, too, I think the Panthers are kind of in a tricky spot where they've got this fresh, fresh new vibe about them. I don't know what it is. 
I don't think they've missed a step with Christian McCaffrey. Actually, Mike Davis is um, averaging more yards per carry than Christian McCaffrey was. Well, let's Christian... chill out before you know. I'm just what I'm saying. Before we get on both knees and blow Mike Davis, okay? I'm not going to get on Mike Davis and do anything for him. But the thing is, is he's he's exceeded the expectations of the huge gap everyone thought there was. I'm not saying Davis is an all is a burner and all pro or anything like that, but he's performed exceptionally well and kept their game plan in a way to where they don't have to abandon things and go out there with Teddy Bridgewater and kind of just sling around and get in trouble. For that reason, the Panthers are staying competitive. I'm afraid this is going to be a competitive game and the Falcons and Dan Quinn are going to find a way to lose it again. So on paper, the Falcons have all the talent, but if they don't get out to a two touchdown lead early, I think the, and even that's not safe for the Falcons. We've seen that. If it's a competitive game, I think it sides towards the Panthers in this one. But this is one that I, I almost picked it. I almost picked it, and I almost picked it exactly like you. Uh, and everything you said just brings me more confidence. You said the Panthers have you. You said the words exceeded expectations. I don't know I said three Mike times Davis exceeded expectations. And you've said and other similar phrasings that they're over. They're doing better than what you expected, what their roster presents, right? The Falcons are doing worse. I'm I'm betting it's just like the stock market. I'm buying low on the Falcons, baby. Eventually it's gonna bounce back up. And I'm I'm comfortable with that. What's your number one best bet? All right, so we're gonna play a little game. So I'm not gonna give you any names of the teams, but I'm gonna give you team one and team A, and I'm gonna let you oh know. Oh my exactly. god. Okay. So uh team one gives up the twenty seventh worst points per game. They also score the fourth highest points per game. They have a passing touchdown to interception ratio of eight touchdowns to two interceptions, completing roughly 64. Is this the Seahawks? No. No? They, they average almost six yards per carry, eight rushing touchdowns. They're amongst the league leaders in both those categories. Team two averages 17 – or has the 17th best scoring offense and the number one scoring defense. They have four total passing touchdowns, three interceptions, and only average three and a half yards per carry and only scored three times this year, all while having the 15th best rushing offense. Based off really? of any – go ahead. I said really? Yeah, based off of any of that information, would you take team one or team two? Well, it sounds like team two is kind of getting lucky if they're only – I mean, they're not moving the ball through the air and they're just pounding the rock. What did you see their say their defense was ranked again? Number one in points per game, and their defense is seventeenth, and their their offense is seventeenth. Or the offense is seventeenth, but the other team, the defense is twenty seventh, and their offense is fourth, and they're more balanced throwing the ball and running the ball. Yep. Team B only runs the ball. Uh, they only run the ball, and it's at three and a half yards per carry, only scoring three. I, I get. I guess gun to my head, not knowing the situation in the previous games, I would go with Team A. All right. And what if I told you Team A was getting a point and a half? Who is Team A? Team A is the Cleveland Browns, and I'm willing to take them on the money line this week. That is my that is my number one. I actually I've, I sat about it and thought about it a lot more a lot more, uh, breaking it down after we did the the review and the preview. Wow, their nights. offense is ranked that high. Yep, but their defense is 27th. In points per game. That's impossible. Oh, my God. That makes sense because the Cowboys scored 50 points on them. 
Yep. But their so, defense. And, 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 and oh, that's man. Yeah. That's so without without the previous games, the schedules, things of that nature. You know, without even getting names or you know names on the back of the jerseys or on the front of the jerseys, if you were to just take away everything and look at all of that and see that Team A was going to get a point and a half at home. Yeah. Keep in mind that line moved from three to a point and a half. Uh, you can get it at two and a half some places right now. Um, I took the Browns earlier in the week at minus three. I'm willing to even take them at the money line right now, depending on the odds. Right now, you the mean money line, you mean you mean getting three? Yes, yeah, sorry. So you um, got them. You got them getting three points earlier this week when we were having the same conversation. It was at two and a half, three in some places. Huh. And then, so the lines moved even more after you know the the Sunday games as they paid out or panned out rather. Um, and I just the more I, I sat here and thought about, it, looked at some things, uh, you know, looked at matchups in, in certain places. I I'm actually going to call the Browns to win this one outright. Well, I I like your confidence. I'm not touching that game. Okay, the Brown two of those games were against the Cowboys, who may have the worst defense in the NFL, and the Redskins, who may have the second worst defense in the NFL. Um, so I'm 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 not doing that. I'm not ready for that. I do think that the Colts got a really strong defense. You said they had the number one defense. They have the right? number one points per game defense in the league. Yeah. So I I, I we'll see how the Browns do in a step up in competition. I'm not touching it. I, I I mean obviously based off your experiment, I agree with you. I just I can't I don't have the balls to do it. The the Cowboys defense is just bad. The Cowboys defense was just so bad that I'm gun shy. The Cowboys defense is really bad. I'm I'm not gonna so negate, bad. I'm not gonna negate any of that right now. Um just seeing that there's been line movement, it's 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 going back towards Yes. Uh, you know, a pick them at this point. I, I would almost see it possibly getting to that. Maybe. Um, I mean, it, it can't move much more than it already has. But if you take the names away, if you look at the numbers, if you if you don't even look at the previous games, even without Chubb in there, um, I still think the Browns match up extremely well, strength to strength, to the Colts, even with their rankings a quarter of the way through the season. I mean, we're 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 week five. We've played four games. Yeah. We have an idea of who is what at this point in time. And, you know, the, the you're, Browns you're being at, ranked. I was just say you're, you're absolutely right. That's a four games is definitely a big enough sample size yeah. for sure. I just think that the variable of the fact that it was the Cowboys and Redskins does need to be taken in consideration. Uh, but the Colts, their offense ain't moving the ball either. So I think and that, that your stats, I think that that reflects it perfectly fine because i mean you know the bears don't have a world beating defense the colts could have moved the ball and they just didn't and they haven't moved the ball well at all this year um so i i'm i'm with you it's hard it's hard to hate that bet i just can't do it on the balls well i mean leaving your balls out of it i another thing too is <laughs> stefanski as much as i didn't like the pick to start out with when i went back and looked at that too there's a lot to like about that. He started historic. Well, I don't say historically so, but he started slow as a coordinator last year with the Vikings as well. And I feel like in the last couple of weeks, we're seeing him pick up the pace and kind of figure out his team, his roster, what they can do without having training camp, without having preseason games, the way that they played the other day, even against a piss poor defense in the Cowboys. Yeah. They got really creative, and I feel like if they can continue to get creative and stay within their pocket and not try to get Baker to go too crazy, mm -hmm. they have so much talent on that field that no matter what number one defense they go up against, which I think the Colts' number one defense is overrated, in my personal opinion, they have the ability to go out there and put up points. And right now, points in the NFL are winning with all, with all the lack of preparation. So, I mean... 
I'm all over this game. Money line with the Browns. It, take it. It'll be a big test. It'll be a big test because this might be the best team that the Browns face. But I, good, good on you, man. Good on you for having the balls. Um, my number two game. I'm taking the Kansas City Chiefs, giving 13 points to Las Vegas Raiders in Kansas City. Las Vegas currently sits at 2-2. Two two. They just lost the Buffalo Bills 23-30. The Chiefs are sitting at 4-0. They just demolished the New England Patriots 26-10. Um, so we the, the Vegas Raiders hung with Buffalo for a bit. I don't think that their defense is terrible. They got all these first and second rounders on that defense. They're very big. They're very athletic. They're all young. I bet it's the youngest defense in the NFL if you want to double-check that. Uh, but they're they're always out of position, and this the Chiefs' offense is a team that's going to make you pay when you're out of position. I think that the no crowd noise has helped the Chiefs exponentially. It's, not, it's definitely helped offenses, as we've seen by the overs being hit constantly. But it's helped the Chiefs. It seems like an insane amount. Their communication's clear, and I just feel like they're going to feast on this inexperienced, out-of-position Raiders defense. That and the Raiders' offense isn't exactly clicking. They had two turnovers in the red zone last week, and that's kind of been a constant theme for them. Again, I don't think that they're garbage. I just think that this is a, a perfect matchup for the Chiefs. I know that we saw kind of the, the Ravens last week were big favorites against the Redskins, um, and we kind of saw them take their foot off the gas pedal. I don't think the Chiefs are going to do that. This is a divisional opponent. I think that the Chiefs are going to put they're going to put the medal to the floor and, and demolish the Raiders. What do you think? That was a game I circled too. Um, Chiefs oh. are three and one against the spread. Um, the yeah. only game they didn't cover was the Chargers game where Terod Taylor was being maliciously attacked by a member of the uh, medical staff. <laughs> um, but that was the best thing that happened to the Chargers. I think Justin Herbert. I think the Chargers have struck gold in him. Um, he's come yeah, out there. Great. He's played extremely well. Um, I think that it's safe to bet this. Um, it would. That's shock a big me. number. It's a, it big, a big, number. big number. It wouldn't shock me in any way. I think the best and the biggest reason why I looked at this game and I thought to bet it is I think uh, week two was it week two when the Raiders played the Patriots. Week three, yes. it was week three. Um, no. I think the Patriots put out the defensive game plan against the Raiders. It is sell out on the run, bring your safeties up, and literally double team the checkdowns. There is actually a, a fun clip on Twitter where the safeties are literally completely ignoring the outside wide receivers and double teaming the twenty-one personnel or the two uh, halfbacks uh, every time they're in there. They literally did not care about the wide receivers whatsoever. I think the Chiefs' defense is supremely overrated. Um, I think they've only allowed more than 20 points once this year, and they're getting to the ball. They're forcing turnovers. They're pressuring people like oh, you crazy. Mean, you, mean, you mean underrated? Oh, sorry, did I say – yeah, underrated. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and I think they have players like Tyron Matthew um, that could literally um, match up against the best things that the Raiders have to offer in Darren Waller and the running game. So I, I think that the Chiefs' defense is going to be the reason why this 13-point spread could absolutely be uh, obtainable. Yeah, Gruden and Gruden does call a very old-school game. Like Super he, I mean, old-school. He's he's a guy that if this gets out of hand, he's not getting back in the game because he doesn't yeah. he doesn't go for it on fourth downs. He kicks field goals when he's in field goal. He's the opposite. He's the anti Mike Leach. So if it gets if it gets out of hand, if the Chiefs go up by ten points by half, it's kind of over. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just they're, the Raiders just aren't going to be able to catch up. What's your second best bet? Uh, so the next game that I love the most has two reasons. Line movement first. Uh, Seahawks giving nine or sorry, giving seven now to the Vikings. It opened up at minus nine. Um, for that reason alone, I'm grabbing it now. 
Um, I wish I would. Uh, I'm grabbing the Seahawks minus seven now uh, for that line movement. Brian Schottenheimer started out as an OC and doing one thing and turning around and hand the ball off. Seahawks ran the ball more than any other team in the NFL through the first half of the season last year. Um, he's completely flipped that. He's given the keys to the car to Russell Wilson. He's got, I think, 16 touchdowns, two interceptions. Russell Wilson's got the best deep ball in the NFL right now. I don't care if you want to talk about Patrick Mahomes or other quarterbacks. Um, their offense is, in my opinion, probably the most balanced offense in the NFL. I think DK Metcalf is terrorizing secondaries. I think Tyler Lockett is the most efficient wide receiver or among the most efficient wide receivers. And Chris Carson and the, the gruesome injury that we thought he had two weeks ago, he came in last week, touched the ball more than 20 times, had two touchdowns, looked great. Um, I think that offense is too hard to defend. And I think the Vikings defense is amongst the worst in the NFL. If the Vikings can't um, make it a competitive game and at least um, get to rush with Dalvin Cook early, I think the Seahawks are going to run away with this one, especially seven points. See, I, I'm scared to bet that game because I, I, I'm trying to look it up now, but I believe the Seahawks, because they're 4-0, they're sitting at 4-0, right? 4-0, and they're 4-0 against the spread. Okay. I believe that they're the only team in like the last 20 years, maybe in NFL history, to be 4-0 and be outgained in every single game. Outgained? I, I think that they're outgained. I'd, I'd have to look at I saw I saw something. I wish I would have wrote it down. I would I wish I would have known you were going to bet this game. But I saw something where I was like, oh, I'm going to avoid that game. Yards um, don't score. Yards don't mean anything. Points mean something. I, I get I get your handicap, but that also indicates luck, right? If if someone's if they're if it also indicates a, a, a air of maybe overratedness or uh, you know maybe their time is going to be up. That's really not a sustainable stat, right? To keep winning games and being outgained. But again, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I misread it. That'd be something to Google. I thought I could pull it up real quick because I thought I thought it was a random tweet, but maybe not. Um, I see what you're saying. It's hard to bet against the Seahawks because Russell Wilson is red hot. He's probably gonna. I mean, he's the NFL MVP at this point. So I, I see what you're saying, but that's just a game that I don't have the balls to take. I'm My next over. game. Are you looking? Are you looking up that stat? I'm looking it up now. Actually, I so I've Good. got it, it. takes the Colts defense from number one to like number five. <laughs> so it can. Oh, if, really? we're, if we're talking about yardage, so yeah, so it confirms my bet even more. Thanks for that. But I'll get it. Go ahead. Oh, uh, so my last bet. I'm going to take the Houston Texans, um, giving six points to the Jacksonville Jaguars in Houston. Jacksonville sits at one and three. They just lost to the Cincinnati Bengals, twenty-five to thirty-five. Houston sits at zero and four, just firing their GM and head coach, and they just lost to the Minnesota Vikings, twenty-three thirty-one. Um. So I, I'm going to do the same thing. I, I feel like I'm also getting a deal. I, I don't feel like losing Bill O'Brien is that big of a deal. I think that we might even see a slight bump because the players should be fairly pumped to get a new head coach in there, someone that they like, blah, 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 blah. Um, plus, I feel like, I, I again, I'm, going, I'm getting a good deal. This line opened up at the Texans giving seven and a half. So again, I'm moving through a hook. I'm moving through a key number and I'm bounced down to six. Um, I think that the market was too high on the Jacksonville Jaguars. We kind of talked about Minshew mania and I love Garner Minshew, but we've talked about his issues on the show a lot. I, that's a guy that doesn't have a big arm and that offense that offense is, is kind of reflecting of that. They don't have they don't have the deep shot. So these defenses are are kind of just sitting in zone and bringing everybody up, and the Jaguars aren't able to do anything. So I think that the defenses have kind of caught up to the Minshew mania a little bit. Um, and then 
I, I just think that, like I said, that I think that you're going to get a slight bump from the Texans due to Bill O'Brien being gone. Um, so yeah, Houston Texans give the six points to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Ryan, what do you think? It's weird that he, uh, it's weird that an zero and four team is a favorite by almost a touchdown. By the way, well, I mean, if you would have taken away the zero and four of any of this and made this week one of the season, I think the Texans, <laughs> right? If if this was week one game, I think the Texans would have been anywhere nine to ten points. I no mean, kidding. Because the Jaguars were, you know, bottom three, bottom four team. Everyone's got the uh, uh, the conception that the Texans are still the playoff team where they were the last couple of years, so on and so forth. That's not a game that I really want to look at, but every point that you make is extremely valid. Uh, the only thing I would want to say about it is Gardner Minshew with DJ Chark in the lineup is a completely different quarterback. If DJ Chark's in there, he is a much, much better player for whatever reason. I mean, obviously, 6'4", runs like a gazelle, and yeah. he's the, the biggest and best target, but Lavishka Schnault has looked extremely well. Yes, yes. Um, Minshew with Chark is a serviceable quarterback. Minshew without Chark, like the Miami game, you're definitely getting the dink and dunk, and you can just feed on that which, offense. Which, which is serviceable. I'm, I'm not saying he's a bad quarterback. I'm just saying he's very average. And I think that you see the Jag- the Jaguars are they're a lot like the Arizona Cardinals, where I think that they're overhyped because there is this this aura around him. And when they, he does have it on, or when they do, he when he hits his rhythm, he hits his goddamn rhythm. He's a Mike Leach quarterback. When he throws it, he throws for six million yards. When he's bad, he throws three picks and for two yards. And that is just kind of how it sits. Um, I why we were talking, I did look it up. I was able to find it. I found so, it too. Yeah. So there's been one team in the last 32 years to start out 4-0 and be outgained in all four games. It was the 2012 Arizona Cardinals. After going 4-0, they went 1-11 to finish the season 5-11. So that is something to monitor. What goes up must come down. Again, I do think it's a good bet. I That, that Cardinals team compared to the Seahawks team, they didn't. that Cardinals team didn't have Russell Wilson. So I, I think you're comparing apples to oranges. Uh, again, I just don't have the balls. What's your, what's your, what's your, best, what's your third best bet? So my last bet is another team that I've been riding uh, this entire season, uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, depending on where you get the line, uh, opened at 7 to 7.5. It still is at 7 to 7.5 against the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, they, They had last week off. They got two weeks to look at Carson Wentz and the Eagles, the lack of wide receivers and and I think the Steelers were a team that I would have taken uh, at seven points against most teams here. Yeah. I think the, the Eagles are that bad. Uh, fun little fact, I think there's been three quarterbacks benched that have a better QBR and completion percentage than Carson Wentz this year, one of them being Dwayne Haskins, the other one being Sam Darnold with the quote-unquote injury, the other one being Mitchell Trubisky. Um, Carson Wentz has a worse QBR completion percentage than all three of those guys. Um, as talented as Carson Wentz can be without Dallas Goddard and only having Zach Ertz. And then you have Greg Ward and a bunch of wide receivers that used to work for UPS last week. Um, It it is a game that I think has Pittsburgh written all over it. Um, Pittsburgh for all extensive purposes has one of the best defenses in the league lights out there. They were coming at you. Um, The offensive line, for the Eagles is banged up. Lane Johnson is in and out. Um, they had a brand new rookie left tackle. It's only got four years or five years of football's entire life. 
protecting uh, Carson Wentz's blind side. So I think it's going to be a Bud Dupree and a TJ Watt just screaming at Carson Wentz and just making that QBR and that, and that uh, completion percentage go even lower. Steelers by seven all day long. Yeah, he has a like. I know that I know that there's no town around him, so I'm trying not to be very critical of Carson Wentz because he is a good quarterback. We've seen him play good, so it's not fair to call him a piece of shit. But he hasn't looked good either. Um, that's a game I'm also going to stay away from because he is he's just such a finicky, weird, inconsistent player. Um, the Eagles are in general. You know, I don't really know what what Doug Peterson's got going on over there. So that's a game I'm probably going to stay away from. But I, I definitely, I definitely think that's a solid handicap. Um, as far as the Thursday night game and the Monday night game, obviously I, I sprinkled some cash on those. Those are not my best bets, uh, but I did take the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, give them five points to Chicago and the New Orleans Saints, giving seven and a half to the Chargers. Why I can, um, but again, my three best bets are Atlanta, giving two and a half to the Carolina Panthers, Kansas City Chiefs, giving 13 points to Las Vegas Raiders and the Houston Texans, giving six points to the Jacksonville Jaguars. You can get the bucks right now, giving up three and a half. Shut up. Really? Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. What you know they yanked the they yanked the Chiefs game off. I I wanted to see if the spread moved before the show, and you cannot bet the Chiefs game on certain books because they played the Patriots and the Patriots have a couple players that had tested positive for COVID. So there are some books that have taken the Chiefs game down. So it'll be interesting when that pops back up what that's going to be. I don't think it's going to change very much. That wouldn't make any sense. And if it did, it would probably favor people betting on the Chiefs because you would assume that some players would have it and not be able to play. Well, uh, that, but again. The, my favorite tweet that I saw today was uh, it's the one with uh, Bill Belichick sitting there drinking his orange juice, and it said something like playing the long game, and it shows like the scoreboard of the uh, Chiefs-Patriots game, but then it shows Stephen Gilmore and uh, Pat Mahomes shaking hands and giving hugs at the end of the game <laughs> now that Stephen <laughs> Gilmore's got COVID. So, uh, you know, we'll see. Bill Belichick's an evil genius behind all that short-sleeved hoodie. <laughs> yeah that's interesting i think that's it man uh is there anything else you wanted to add before we log off no i mean it, this is the first uh week of bye week so it kind of slims the herd so to speak um well I don't a lot of the games are taken off week. the books too yeah if you're, if you're yeah, like me you look thing. at the lens on monday and there was like five games taken off the books so yeah, so this, this it starts to get a little bit more slim so i expect you know our uh success percentages to maybe waver a little bit for that reason you got less of an option to pick from but you know good luck and we'll see what happens um we definitely are gonna post and tweet our picks both before and after this week um on right the now pod. Um, we've kind of been busy over the last couple weekends at least i have so um we can put the pen to paper so to speak and make it official um and then we can show uh the winnings come monday night or even tuesday morning Bro, this is official, bro. I've been keeping track of my – I got my little – my best bet start on my book, dude. I don't tell no lies. It's official, dude. Go back and go back and look at our records. I don't think I've had a losing record in the NFL, and I don't want to jinx myself. Let's look here. Neither of us do, had do, do, week do. today. The worst yeah, – I, uh, I think uh, – Wow, I ha- I, it's had weird. I haven't. Yeah. I, ha- I had a losing week, week two for my personal bank account. Because I got greedy on Monday and Thursday night, but on as far as my best bets go, I have not had a losing week. I've had two losing weeks in college. College is a little bit more hard to pick apart what you've done wrong. Um, the NFL, 
uh, again, I don't want to sound cocky, but like with the Cardinals thing, well, as soon as the the as soon as the Panthers won outright, I was like, man, I I think I overrated the the Cardinals, but I think everybody did. I think that was a very common problem. It's really easy to fall in love with those sexy teams that make the big free the, you know the big moves in the offseason, like getting DeAndre Hopkins and that score forty points a game. It's really well, easy to fall in love with those one, teams. Two and beat the Forty ers reigning Super Bowl NFC champs. I know. It's really easy. At home and made it look pretty easily. So Well, and Kyler Murray was throwing touchdown passes and juking defenders. It's just it's really easy to fall in love with that explosion. Um, but I think they've come back down to earth. But I think it is a little bit easier to pick apart what you're doing wrong on the NFL because they're playing each other. College, it's a little harder because it's like, you know, what, what, how am I supposed to know when, when Clemson's going to decide to take their foot off the pedal? But at the same time, that's part of the game. Um, but yeah, this was the Browns Wire podcast. We did have our first winner, the Austin Hooper autograph and jake overby he's going to be getting that within the next couple days if you are interested in winning that as well go ahead and give us a five-star review and dm either ryan or i you can follow me on twitter at josh keatley 16 you can follow the browns wire twitter at browns wire pod ryan where, where can they hit you up at i am ryan keith all right we're going to try to get uh, i think this week too we're going to try to create a tiktok and maybe do our bets on there and try to upload this on youtube since we got that youtube channel with the zero videos and just so everyone knows, Josh is going to be the wiggle dicker. I'm not. The wiggle? What the hell is that? You know, <laughs> so TikTok is all about emulating these dance moves and like all this other stuff. Yeah. Uh, for the uh, the male dancers, they call them the wiggle dickers. Oh, is that right? Oh. Yeah. So all those 16 year old kids out there doing, you know, the woe and all that other stuff, they're wiggle dickers. And you're going to be the wiggle dicker for the Browns Wire Pod. Congratulations. Well, I, do, I do have the meats. I'll take that. Dude, did you know what, though? If anybody wants to help us get a sponsorship, too, please let us know. I don't know how Arby's hasn't reached out to us. I don't know how the musical band Trap hasn't reached out to us. Who <laughs> 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 but I don't, you know, you know me, I'm just saying. Like, I just, I don't, I don't, I don't know how it's possible. But I think all right, the this band was... Trapped works at Arby's, though. Like some free beef and cheese, but this was the Browns Wire podcast. Also, give us a like on uh, Facebook and, uh, and on Twitter. Uh, I think we're out. Later.
Did you know Amazon provides ways of working that fit your lifestyle? They know you value your time outside of work, juggling family, school, friends, or other activities. That's why they offer a variety of shifts that work for you. There are full-time, part-time, and even temporary opportunities that can work with your schedule, with great starting pay and sign-on bonuses. If you want a career that fits and adapts to your lifestyle, head to Amazon.com apply. Amazon is a proud equal opportunity employer. Do you design, engineer, build, or maintain buildings in California? Do you want to gain more knowledge about energy efficiency or learn what's new with electrification? Each year, PG&E Energy Centers offer more than 500 free online classes. Get a competitive advantage when you learn from industry experts through live webinars or over 80 on-demand classes. Fill your career by enrolling at pge.com training.